Hey, this is Wes from Active SGV. We have a bonus episode for you to close out National Bike Month, running a bike shop during a pandemic. Danny Healy, the manager of the Cub House, was gracious enough to give us a few minutes of his time to talk about how their local shop in the West San Gabriel Valley has transitioned and really been flexible in terms of its operations to support the community over the past eight plus weeks. If you are unfamiliar with the Cub House, you can check them out at cubhouse.cc. Does advocacy kind of change now that more people want to ride bikes? I think or... in some respects it has. Uh, there are more I cities, there are a lot more people walking in the street and biking in the streets and just trying to stay apart from one another. So uh, I think it depends on the community where you're in too. Some cities have really taken aggressive action and are creating temporary dedicated bike lanes or uh, slowing down traffic because there are more people out and about. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's not as much of that here, but yet at least in Northern California, San Francisco, mm-hmm. Seattle, et cetera, they're really doing a lot. And Pasadena, for example, is just most locally has put up 500 plus lines just to tell people to slow down driving down residential streets. There is some action, uh, but not as much in Southern California yet, other than a lot of people riding bikes. I'm ready. But why don't you, I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about the shop? I mean, on your website, it notes that you're America's number one plant and bike store. Uh, maybe you can share a little bit about how, how that happened, how you earned that distinction and came to be in the San Diego Valley. So we have an apparel brand, so we started first, and we're off in the bike world. About two and a half years ago now, we needed a new space because where we were being knocked down and super red, thanks to our friends, we got to move into the old building that was a gas station, but it had been Mission Nursery for probably what 30 40 years we didn't want to lose the plant vibes and there's an awesome greenhouse attached to the building so carla who works here loves plants and succulents so she does the like succulent cactus shop as well as doing a million other things and then we started selling bikes and then so now we're america's number one bike and plant store well that's pretty awesome i think it really makes the shop unique But it sounds like, too, I mean, the last eight weeks has been a major shift for shops around the country. And I think for you guys as well, because you've been very much uh, apparel focused for a long time and not as bike heavy. And it sounds like with the directive that bikes are essential business or bike shops are essential businesses. And that's a repair is an essential service that you've shifted your whole operations around that. And the customer kind of needs have changed as well. For sure. Because we're definitely known as like a a shop to come get your like dream awesome bike build. And we do quite a bit of that. And then we are a neighborhood bike shop too. But on a small scale, you know, we'd sell to the neighborhood and do flat fixes and all that stuff. We have one mechanic and then another guy that comes and helps every so often. And then, yeah, now the shift has just been so much. La- We've taken a no- regular amount of labor a week, but now we take in 15 bikes a day. And the repair, you know, it's nice. I've gotten to know the neighborhood because everyone's bringing their bikes in. So it's been a shift from people that maybe didn't ride bikes a lot to this bike riding is cool. Or it's people that it's their only mode of transportation and we're trying to just keep them going to work and stuff. Um, which where we're located is not as common, but I think that's a big thing for a lot of bike shops. So 15 yeah. bikes a day, how does that compare to what you were 
handling before. I know I was talking to a, one of our mechanics, Jose Jimenez, who runs our education department. And he said four bikes a day is kind of a shop average in terms of the number you might repair. So 15 yeah. is a, a lot for a little shop. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. And then the interesting thing this week, people have been asking because things have kind of been unclearly opening. So people, people aren't coming in the store and they never have been for this whole, we started before even like those mandates began because we have a small staff and we wanted to be careful ahead of time to be able to keep working. People are asking like, Hey, you know, can I come in and see the store? And right now there is no store. It's just bike storage. (laughs) So all the floor retail space has been turned over to just storing bikes. And we have like a system of when a bike first comes in, we quarantine them for three days. So we're not touching them other than wheeling them in when we've got gloves on. And then we obviously we clean up, clean our hands and everything. We've got different racks and they move around. So we try and keep it organized as organized as we can when trying to fill in 90 plus bikes in a store. Plus now we're selling more bikes, prioritizing like neighborhood bikes that aren't super expensive, which we always sold quite a few, but now it's, they just can't stop selling them pretty much, which is great. I love getting people on bikes. Yeah, I think that's been really nice to see how many families and folks who aren't ordinary riders are are out there. And you probably are getting hit up constantly by people who are kind of new to, to bikes and looking yeah. to get a first bike. Yeah, it's cool. It's every day I see it's like watching like when a mother goose or whatever is running and her little, I guess, are they chicks behind them? And then you realize like, oh, I know that family and I know that family now. And they probably lived down the street, but we didn't know them because they would think, why would I go to a bike shop or whatever? But now everyone wants to go. So it's cool. And they all wave and everyone's in a better mood when they're riding a bike, which is important at a time like this, I'd say. Absolutely. Have you found that in general with the customers? I guess the approach or interactions with customers have changed at all because folks can't come into the store right now. So they're, mm-hmm. they have to set up an appointment, correct? And then... They yeah. show up and they're on the sidewalk and you kind of interact with them from afar. Yeah, we do that. The appointment thing has worked. I think it kind of lessens the like, I'm waiting in line for an hour at the shop. But again, we're a small shop and we're not in the middle of LA or anything. So that helps. And it also kind of allows us to prepare. So when someone shows up, you know, maybe you've had five minutes to think, all right, you know, they wanted a bike for riding around the neighborhood. They want a water bottle holder. They want some gears and they need a helmet. You have a pretty good idea of exactly what they want. And then so that makes the interaction faster, which is kind of better for everyone and smoother. Making setting appointments has been really good. The harder thing now is there's, we're understaffed and then the phone just rings and rings. And if you're busy with someone, it's hard to get to a message. We're lucky that our phone is a cell phone. So people text us. So there's like that keeps a better record of stuff. But even then, I feel like I'm shoot, I haven't texted that person back and it's been like two days or whatever. <laughs> so has that, has it been pretty constant throughout the past eight weeks or is it, yeah. how has the demand changed if at all? Yeah, it's been constant. Um, now it's more interesting as far as bike companies are just out of bicycles. If they're less than a thousand dollar retail, you're pretty lucky if you can find one to order out unless you've got stock already. So kind of choice is shrinking or like if you want a certain color that's changed a little bit so we're doing less i would say ordering of things if they're not in stock and more like hey we have a black and a blue and a red and 
I know that's the only one you can get kind of thing. Uh, but no, labor demand, I thought it would slow down. It hasn't slowed down at all. And then yeah, bike demand hasn't slowed down. It was funny. I think initially the first two weeks, it was the people that were like, we just need a bike. And not that people weren't asking what the price was, but it would just be like, oh, this is awesome. I want one. And then now it's a little more like you got to find the thing, but there's just no choice. Everyone's out of bikes. It's wild. So are people biting the bullet and just purchasing a, a more expensive bike for the most part? Or are they turning more to used bikes or looking elsewhere? It's a mix, I think. And then we have friends that have used shops, so we recommend people over there. But then we'll talk to them, and they say we've got nothing left. So it's a bit of both. I think it makes people more open to spending a little more on a bike. But I think we all like to say, like, if it's not in the budget, don't overextend yourself, you know. Right. Um, we'll happily send you somewhere else if we think that they have a better thing for you. Yeah, I think especially at this time, I know a lot of folks are trying to be conservative with how much they're spending. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So much uncertainty. I had a council member reach out to me from the city of Duarte just the other day and say, you know, he needs a, a bike. He wants a mountain bike and his budget is 500. And I immediately thought, oh, that's going to be tough if he's, yeah, because he said he wanted a new bike. Uh, so it sounds like at this point, if you're if you're that type of individual, you're really kind of out of luck or you need to look for something used. For sure. And there are bikes out there and our shop is small, so we can't stock all the things. So we kind of lived on like an order, order it for you ish model. But yeah, if it's not in stock at a shop, then unlikely anyone can get anything. And I know like we've called, I've talked to friends at shops that sell brands that we don't have. And it's the same thing all major manufacturers is out of bikes pretty wow. much. It sounds like that. I mean, has that happened in your experience before working in the bike industry? I've never seen that happen ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always like, you know, my budget's $500 and you're like, oh, there's this one. And then like, or you could pivot and be like, well, the, those are out of stock, but there's this other one that's pretty similar. But now it's just, oh, there's one left. And if you want it, I'll order it right now, but you got to pay for it like right now. But then I don't like that pressure. Of, then you feel like a salesman, which I don't like. <laughs> is that something, what's their lag time? Do you have any sense for, are they going to be able to ramp up production of that level of bikes and catch up to some of this demand? Or is it, is it just too I, much? Yes, I think. But I think it's like July, August. And then also, I've heard rumblings of like, most bikes are made in Asia. And that whole chain is disrupted as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it ends up. But I think companies are ramping up for sure. They must be because they have no more bikes to sell. So, yeah. 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 So if you're one of those folks who's been hoarding bikes for years and years and has mm -hmm. 15 bikes in your garage, now's a good time to think about uh, unloading yeah. some of those. Yeah. Yeah. If you feel comfortable selling a used bike, which I don't know how that interaction would work, but now's the time yeah yeah or there's some good shops that do like consignment stuff i don't again i don't know what their programs are but uh, like around the cycle could help you sell things i don't know if they're taking in new bikes though. yeah last i heard they weren't i mean they're a really popular consignment shop in the region in pasadena they had kind of put that on hold and were just doing repairs and basic yeah. service but maybe with things starting to open up again now yeah, you know, they'll expand that, especially since there's so much demand. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, we even struggled to build new bikes that we have in boxes because there's so much repair. and We kind of prioritize the repair stuff. So 
even if you order a new bike and we can get you one, it comes and it probably doesn't get built for four or five days just because we don't have time. Well, good to know. So if if someone is interested in a new bike now, <laughs> they they should act quickly or be ready to wait a couple months or be or purchase yeah. a more expensive bike. I would say I don't want to speak for all bike shops, but us in general, I think anyone who's cool to be patient realize that again, just like a grocery store worker, everyone's working real hard and it's much appreciated and we'll, you know, we'll do our best to get you a thing. And we still have bikes, but uh, options are limited, I guess. Do you have a sense? I mean, has the staff really talked about what the next few months might look like in terms of how the shop's going to be operating? Things are slowly opening up again. Are you? We've been talking about that. I think the first thing was initially the, the, the feeling was like, oh, things are opening. We'll start seeing what it means to have one person in the store. Then we realized we don't have room in the store. And then all this curbside stuff is kind of how we were already running anyway. So that doesn't change too much. But I think the next step is it's like making someone waiting comfortable, I guess. This weekend with like the heat. I don't know, I don't know if you can put out chairs because if one person sits on a chair, then you got to run out and clean it, I suppose. And then the next person can sit on it, but it's more like refining that shopping experience mm. and being able to display things better than like, let me run inside and show you. Cause I think when it gets busy, then we start tripping over things and we just make a big mess outside of the store. Oh, wow. So maybe yeah. if you had more things you could roll out so people could look yeah. at that. Yeah. We were, we were planning out like some fixtures we could leave up, you know, and put popular things and then people can at least see them when we can point to them and explain, this is the bottle you probably want with your bike or here's a tire lever. Cause even things like flat fixes now, I think we're going to make little kits and then just sell you a thing. And we're going to put a card with our favorite like YouTube URL of how to change your, because we just don't have the capacity or the time to do on the spot flat fixes and things like that. And people have been pretty willing to learn, you know, oh yeah, I've got time. I'll go try and learn a new skill. What do I need to do that? So that's been cool. It's kind of been fun. And we even have people ride by and they wave and they go like, I did it. So that's kind of rewarding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And once they've done it once, then they've got that for a lifetime. Well, it sounds like I think one of the positive developments is in terms of uh, spread of the disease. It's looking less likely that touching uh, surfaces that isn't as risky as just being in close proximity to other people, especially in enclosed spaces. But since so much of what you do is outdoors and you could potentially have people be kind of outdoor waiting outside somewhere versus having yeah. to come into the shop, that makes it a bit easier. Yeah, I think we're pretty lucky that we have all this outdoor space. And even the, the fe- we have a fence around the shop. So it's a natural barrier already that even, you know, in the early days of this reinforce the six feet that we were trying to keep which was nice but you could still talk to someone and look at them not through like a window or something yeah and then you have more control too over because people feel differently or approaching social (laughs) distancing differently some folks are more comfortable with certain amount of space than others and that barrier is really fixed yeah. And in terms of the online sales, how has how has that been working? I mean, you're now juggling so much in terms of repair. Are you still getting a lot of online sales? I know so many people are purchasing things online. Yeah, and I'm a little bit removed from that right now just because I've been doing so much shop stuff. But there's definitely been, again, we make apparel and it's online, which I guess is a little more of like a luxury thing than a necessity thing. But 
I think there's been a pretty good swell of, oh, we want to support this small business that makes things, you know, everything we make made pretty much five minutes from the shop or made somewhere in the U.S. Yeah, the online model has been good. We kind of switched up how we do things a little bit and it's been working. Yeah, I think people are bored at home and they want to participate in that thing. Nice. Well, so for folks who are interested in stopping by the shop, the best way to connect is, I know you have a website, cubhouse.cc. Yeah, definitely. So we're launching a new website for the shop, which is cubhouse.cc. And that'll be up hopefully by the time everybody hears this. And then Instagram is, it's not a bike shop. Another silly joke, but we are a bike shop among many things. More, more so than ever before, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, again, you can call or text the shop, and that's 626-755-3003. I would say texting is probably the most effective because yeah. then there's like a written record. We try and go through all the voicemails and missed calls, but we get so many. There's really just two of us working at the shop, sometimes three. So a text is cool, and it's kind of fun to... We can text pictures and like, here's a good bike for you. What do you think of this one? And stuff like that. And that's worked really well um, with like, again, narrowing down what someone would want or a tube or a tire. And then on the flip side, it helps with giving estimates. People, you know, will say, I need this. And then it's kind of hard to do over the phone, especially if someone's less familiar with what a, what bike parts are. So they text us pictures and then we can, you know, then we know like, oh, it's going to be about this much to fix your bike. Okay, so text preferred. Nice. Well, thanks for your time, Danny. I really appreciate it, especially on your day off when <laughs> it looks like you're in, in the shop working yeah. seven days a week right now. Yeah, for sure. But a lot of people don't have the ability to do that. So that's a positive, I suppose. Well, best of luck. Thanks again. We'll happy to share this out with folks and tr- maybe not trying to give you too much business at once, but <laughs> yeah. slowly over time. For sure. I'm, I think every bike shop is the same. So. We all appreciate everyone, you know, helping us out. Thanks again for joining us. Active Lab is made possible by listeners like you and the Liberty Hill Foundation. If you'd like to support Active SGV's work, you can do so at activesgv.org backslash donate. Stay tuned for new episodes in June and beyond when we'll be touching on a variety of other sustainability topics.